creativelyanddeliberately.com, a podcast where we will discuss how to creatively and deliberately make choices that give life meaning. This is Danette Hansen, and this is podcast 19. Thanks for joining me. When our stinking cute firstborn, I mean, he was stinking cute, came along, I had decided not to repeatedly tell him no, all because I had an aunt who had a daughter whose go-to word was no. In fact, she tried to pay her nieces and nephews money if we could get her two-year-old to say yes. So guess what word we constantly said to our son instead? Don't. Don't do that. Don't say that. Don't touch that. Do you think it helped? (laughs) No. Since then, I have learned that the brain doesn't know how to process the word don't. Here, let me show you. If I point to the right and I say, oh, don't look over there, what do you do? You look over there. If I said, don't even think of those cinnamon rolls that have just come out of the oven. Don't let the delicious smell fool you into taking a bite because you don't want those extra calories. You now want to do exactly what I told you not to do. Isn't that what diets are filled with? Don't think of eating the wrong foods. And what do we do? Constantly think of the wrong foods. If you're wanting to avoid something or curb some sort of behavior, make sure you take the word don't or the words do not out of your vocabulary because they only encourage the behavior you're trying to prevent. This is a valuable word hack. And since words are what make up this world, it's good to know. Another word that encourages a behavior that you don't want is the word can't. Have you ever said, I can't find the fill in the blank, the keys, the cough drops, the TV remote? Guess what happens? You can't find it. Even if it's sitting on the table, your brain literally takes the command to not find them, even when it's right under your nose. It's better to say, I can't find the keys, or I will find the remote. Okay, so our volume remote was missing it for months. It was so frustrating. We kept saying, we can't find it. Along comes one of our son's friends, and he finds it in the couch where we had looked multiple times. If you say you can't do something, guess what will happen? You can't do it. It's a self-fulfilling prophecy. My mom always said, can't, can't do anything. So formulate what behavior you want in the positive instead of the negative. The power of the mind is truly amazing. And the power of words are just as astonishing. They can either inspire action or prevent action. When I was trying to come up with a name for my coaching business, I knew I wanted to do something with creativity because I am a creative bound person. When I'm creating is when I'm in my special place. I was laying on my bed thinking about a name again. And then I heard the word deliberately. I tried the word creatively with deliberately and boom, I had my name. I knew the word deliberately was given to me. Well, deliberately. For me, it holds such power. That's why I deliberately acknowledge God in the details of my life because he is there. The definition of deliberately uses words such as consciously and intentionally and on purpose. If you are using words intentionally or on purpose, the reason you do so is to motivate some sort of action or meaning, right? When the word and the mind form a union, you get a certain performance. 
You can see how this is the case in many placebo effects. Dr. Cerne Pillay was talking on a podcast about unlocking the power of the unfocused mind when he discussed the results that came from a placebo study that was just testing the effects of seeing word labels. All three tropical cream containers were the same neutral hand cream, but they had masked them over with a label. So one label was lidocaine, which is known for its healing properties. Just the name alone brought on comments like, this is soothing, or this feels good. Another cream was capsin. The participants complained about it stinging and they were dissatisfied. When they applied the cream labeled neutral, no one felt anything, yet it was all the same neutral hand cream. Scientists have discovered when you believe something is going to be good for you, then your brain will release dopamine from the pleasurable reward centers. When you fear something is bad, then that part of the brain where your panic response lights up even before you do it because you already believe it's harmful. My funny grandma. I seriously called her my funny grandma. I'm sure she's funny in heaven too. Love her to pieces. When her health declined, she had to take more medication. One time she read some of the possible side effects of the pill she had to take to clear up her infection that listed things off like being dizzy or nauseous. She then expected it to happen as if the side effects were a guarantee. How do I know this? Because she asked when it was going to happen. The power of suggestion can influence us in ways that can either help us or harm us. That's why it's important to pay attention to the words and phrases that you fill your mind with. They need to be deliberate. They need to be intentional. They need to have purpose because as this study shows, we will experience what we believe. When we decide ahead of time that we want to be motivated by something positive, we enter a more pleasurable state that gives us an edge inspired by the belief that our lives are indeed good because we can actually feel it mentally and then we can feel it physically. Joel Olstein said this in a podcast titled, Thoughts Become Words and Words Become Reality. Yes, I'm a podcast junkie. He said, Words are like seeds. When you speak something out, you give life to what you are saying. If you continue to say it, eventually it can become a reality. You are planting seeds when you talk, and at some point you're going to eat the fruit, unquote. Do we really realize how the law of harvest is just as reliable as the law of gravity? He continued, my challenge is that you are planting the right kind of seeds. We can't plant watermelon seeds and expect an apple tree to grow instead. This is the same as realizing that you can't plant poison ivy seeds and expect to see juicy life-saving oranges to come up in its place. You will reap what you sow. I love how he said you can't plant negativity and expect a positive life. Talking words of defeat will not breed victory. Words and thoughts of not having enough or not being enough are going to produce scarcity and a sense of loss. If you're wanting positivity, then you need to express words and phrases that will bring positivity. Things like, I'm blessed, I'm capable and strong, and life is good. Here's a test for you. 
List five words that you use daily in your vocabulary. No, seriously, pause the podcast and list your most used words. When you're done, then continue listening. Did you make the list? Okay, were they positive words or negative? Do your words invoke emotion, invoke action, or invoke disgust and displeasure? A few more phrases of words to watch out for in your conversations is the word should, shouldn't, and must. They are similar to can't in that they limit you. I should get the house clean. I shouldn't expect that. Should statements try to motivate by shame and guilt, which can produce rebellion, followed up by some sort of verbal punishment. And that verbal punishment's probably internal. It's a shitty way to live. <laughs> I laughed when I heard Dr. David Burns label the critical shoulds that way. A strategy you can use to break the vicious cycle is by putting the power of choice back into the equation. As soon as you hear yourself say, I should have done the laundry today, or something similar to that, you feel guilt and the burden. So stop and say, I prefer to do the laundry earlier, but doing it later will work out just fine. Or I choose to do it when I'm not so busy with errands. When you direct a should statement at someone else, remember how ineffective blame and shame are. So my husband should, whatever you tend to say, needs to be corrected by bringing back the power of choice. He gets to choose what he does and when. No one likes it when their agency is taken away. The power of choice is so important. When we are the ones with the power, we act differently. Another way shoddy statements and can'ts show up is in the vague, fuzzy manner where they prevent you from moving in a direction you want to. You just can't pinpoint why. I should write that book I want to, but I can't. I shouldn't want to move because I can't. I should find a different job, but I can't. The power of can'ts take over and the criticism of shoulds make you feel like you're being punished as well as immobile. Ask yourself a possibility question. What would happen if you did? What would happen if you felt like you could? Life comes back into the scenario and suddenly you can see options and new points of view. If you have to probe even further to open up the possibilities, use questions that get specific details. Specifics about how and who and why. That's what questioning can do. It can unveil options and new perspectives. And suddenly, you find a way to get what is best. The best way, the best time, and the best reason. Beware of generalizations. They will sneak in and try to throw everything into one big category. You can't lump everything into one. But we tend to do that with simple words of always. You always do that. Or never. I never get to. These words are overgeneralizations. Make sure you question phrases that include always, never, and all. So all men are, or all children do, as complicated as life is, we can't lump everything into vague statements. It leads to misrepresentations, misinterpretations, as well as unfair judgments. When you say, they don't understand me, You need to define who they are. It can usually be narrowed down to only one person. This will shed light on the situation so that it doesn't feel so big, heavy, and hard. Additional to saying 
a picture is worth a thousand words, is the realization that a word can communicate a thousand varied actions. See what words you are using in your life. Are they healing and motivating and transforming? Hopefully the words you are using are positive words that empower you and those around you. Remember, they do have a biochemical effect. The words I chose for my business creatively and deliberately were meant to inspire individualism and ownership. We all gravitate to different interests with our own different strengths and preferences. Variety is beautiful and necessary. So deliberately decide the words and vocabulary you want to influence your life because this truly is within your power. As a author, I can see how just the right string of words can create a world of intention, a world of circumstance, a world of possibility, a world of correction and change, and a world of transformation. Words are seeds. What are you letting them create for you? Pick a word today and let it show you the power it can hold this coming week by just focusing on it and living by it. Words like imagination, determination, resolve, engaged, happy, humble, gentle, hopeful, excited, thankful, and trusting. Thanks for joining me, creativelyanddeliberately.com.